Yo, what's good? Welcome to Countercurrents. This is host Petey Steele. And your co-host, Elena Torres. This is episode 57. Yep, yep. And today Pines we have catch a... catch baby. Yeah, that's right. We have a very special, very funny guest. Please welcome Samantha Ruddy! Oh my god, thank you so much for having me, guys. Happy to be here. Our pleasure. I just watched the end of your set. I hadn't seen you before. I knew we was Facebook friends for maybe a hot minute or something. Oh, cool. A while back, but... um. I enjoyed it. I was the guy laughing solo. <laughs> oh, you like my libertarian, libertarian joke. joke. Yeah. yeah. And when we walked out, he was like, that didn't get the laugh it deserved. That was so funny. <laughs> Real quick, love your shirt. Oh, thank you. X-Files. Uh, I'm wearing an X-Files shirt. It's been, been a big hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what's, uh, are you from New York originally? You no. one out there? No, I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania, about two hours outside. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So how often are people like, oh, yeah, Dunder um, Mifflin? <laughs> every time. Every time. Yeah. So I won't do that. Okay. No, it's okay. Yeah. I love The Office, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I quote The Office in my Twitter bio. Like, I, I love it. So I'm one of those people. I'm obsessed. Nice. And how did you start doing comedy in Scranton, or did you? No. I, I left Scranton when I was 18. I went to upstate New York. I started comedy when I was 20 in Syracuse, New York. Oh wow! And then I moved to New York City within like a year. Okay. And were you were you in school in Syracuse? Or yeah, I was. I was a junior at SU when I started. Okay. And then I did a summer in Boulder, and then I moved to New York City. Oh wow! Just like yeah. that, huh? Yep. And did you finish college or not? I almost didn't, but oh. I, I decided to because I was like, my parents will murder me mm-hmm. if I don't. Even the libertarian. For Even the libertarian. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but because honestly, like I was. I was a semester away. I graduated a semester early. So all I had to do was finish the fall of senior year, and I had a degree. So it was, like, stupid to not after yeah. three years. Like, because I decided I liked comedy, yeah, you know? Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No. It doesn't really fly with parents. No. No, it doesn't even fly with me. It's like a guy that has a master's degree and started comedy afterward. Right? Yeah. Because I'm like, you fucking guys are short-sighted thinking this is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Most of you, but you're making it work. You're headlining the draft house. That's great. And how many years you've been at it? Six. That's it. Yeah, wow. I'm a baby. Holy fuck! Wow, congrats. That's so. Fantastic. You've been in it for a short enough time where you're you got into the New York scene when it was really hard still. Because I mean, the, the New York scene. I always ask people like, how do you crack that nut? Because there's so many mics and so many. Comments. It's hard. Yeah. It's honestly. I, I think Emily Heller, uh, she posted this, um, and it's advice paraphrased from someone else, but I got it from her. So she said that when you go to New York, your first year, don't, like, you can write, but when you go to open mics, don't do new jokes. Like, do your A material from wherever you were before. And I right. did. For, like, six months, I just did my A until I started getting booked. And then once right. I started getting booked, I started doing launch shows. And, like, I think a big thing is, like, when people move to New York, like, they're doing, they're like treating open mics like they're open mics, which yeah. is the natural thing. Like you, sh- in a vacuum, you should be. Right. But New York is like so competitive that every open mic's like a showcase yeah. to get booked. Because they're all like two minute spots. Exactly. So yeah, just and do they your feel, best bit. They feel very open mic because it's usually just comics there. Yeah. No, and, there's never an audience at and New York mics. Never, no one wants to laugh. At anything you yeah. do, I found. No, you have yeah. to be friends with people. or That's the that's when you know a bit's funny, when you don't know anyone at the mic and it still gets a laugh. Yeah, like, yeah. the litmus test. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, it does. I, it must make you sort of harder as a comic to be able to do all those again and again and again. Yeah, you get burnt out. 
you yeah. know, and there's a lot of people who will like who are like, you gotta do twenty mics a week. Like you don't, you can't have a family uh, or like a job. Yeah, like, you you mic, you just do mic. Yeah, and I was never that person, but I I definitely was at a point like my first year in New York where I was probably hitting at least a mic every day, sometimes right. two. Right. Wow. Fucking yeah. insane. I think the one night I ever did it up there, uh, my man Gordon Baker Bo was taking me around there. We went, I know him. You know, yeah. yeah. And we get, took the train from Newark in there, and then I did what, three mics that night. And I just remember looking at it like, holy shit, like we just put our names in a bucket. Yep. Got called in the fourth wave of like 50 people. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then three quarters of the audience was gone because they're all fucking comics by the time you yep. get on. And we're going to hit the train to do this two more times. That's exactly, this is yeah. Bananas. Yeah, people will do their spot and then leave and go to another mic. Right. Like, when you're moving up here, I was like, never. <laughs> well, yeah, when you're coming up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the thing about D.C. where it's like you have, um, like, the Draft House is wonderful and, like, yeah. Big Hunt is wonderful and, like, they both do open mics for new comics that are, like, good and supportive and, like, so it's truly wild to me how anyone can start in New York or L.A. and then do well. Like, because it's so, it's so hard. Right, that's the part that I find that I can't believe because I actually I started doing comedy right right when I moved to DC and I figured DC didn't have a comedy scene and oh, my really? sister lived in Brooklyn so I started taking the bus up to New York all the time to oh do my comedy God. and so I started my first mics were New York mics and then do you after remember a while which ones um, did you like pine box or I did I did some of those laughing buddha Oh uh, yeah. When I was really when I was really new Yeah, I did, those are I very did, enticing for new comics. Yeah. I did some Creek in the Cave. Yep. Mics. Yep, Dunk when Creek. I was new. A lot of creek stuff. I used to run a show there. I ran a show there for like four years. Did you do the pit? Uh yeah, I used yes. to do the pit mic at like eleven PM yeah, at night. Super yeah. Yes. Light. I did do that. And, and what was the one in Alphabet City? Wolf hosted that one at some point. Oh, oh really? Like wow. way, way long time like ten years ago or something. Wow. Yeah, definitely not when I went. And it took me, and I, then I realized after, I was like, oh, you have to do comedy, like, more than, because I figured, I was like, oh, I'll do shows, like, maybe once or twice a week, mm-hmm. I'll go up to New York for a couple days, and then come back yeah. to D.C., and then I was like, oh, I, once I figured out I have to do it every day, this isn't sustainable, and then started doing mics in D.C., and I was like, oh, people here are actually good. Yeah, the D.C. scene always impresses me. And there's an I audience, and I was because I was like, I didn't, I, you I, hear was that? Really, <laughs> I was very, I was very scared of New York. Because I was like, how do you know if your jokes are working? Because it's just in front of comics, so I felt like I didn't know. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of the times, jokes that, like, kill at New York open mics will bomb hard in front of a real audience. Right. Because they're really dark. Mm-hmm. Or right. they are inside baseball. Or, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I would be doing these bits that, like, I had crafted at Syracuse and would, like, kill at the very, like, mainstream funny bone. Sure. With, like, just, like, regular people. And, like, you know, they would just eat it at mics but you kind of just have to have it in your head that like it's if it works on real shows then it works and like yeah. if you can have a bit that crushes on real shows and at mics then it, that's great right. but it just doesn't always work like that yeah. like a lot of the time you'll have a bit that like crushes at mics and people hate it and then you'll have another bit that's like you know it crushes on a real show but comedians think it's like too easy or like you know dumb yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and so you you're you're headlining here this weekend, and you're six years in. I'm guessing headlining is relatively new, or have you been doing it for a while? I started headlining first day to come. No, <laughs> no, it's new. Uh, it's not like new, new, but I've been um, I've been doing 45 for like the past two years. Um, I've been 
I've been headlining like independent shows around the country since like probably late 2016, 2017. But I've been doing, I've been headlining clubs honestly since I started, since I did Colbert. Like okay. probably the last uh, six months or so, I've started like headlining clubs regularly. So, what year in comedy did you find things started to change for you? Like where you started booking more, where you started getting Colbert, where all these, you know, where what? It's like just not a linear thing. I had, like, a little bit of success, like, a bunch of times. Mm. And then it finally built into me getting a TV spot, which built into, like, me being able to headline clubs. Right. Um, like, I had a really big year in 2016. Like, okay. I got repped, and I got, okay. like, a bunch of stuff. And I, I was, like, okay at comedy. I was, like, three years in. Mm. And, like, I, you know, I was like, wow, things are happening real fast, you right. know? And then nothing happened for me for years. Like, I would do the hot New York shows. Like, I would get to do Whiplash or Butterboy or, like, the fun New York things. But it wasn't translating into, like, national success at all. Yeah. Like, I wasn't getting necessarily, like, a lot of attention from, like, mm -hmm. TV people. Which makes sense, because I was really green. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But some uh, back in June of last year, the Colbert Booker saw me at a show and reached out. Mm -hmm. And we were friendly. Um, like, you know, I like Jessica. I know her. And, like... She was like, hey, like, she literally, like, slid into my DMs at one in the morning was like, send me a tape. Okay. And I was like, all right. I was like, let's do it. And then, you know, I wound up doing the show, and then things have been, you know, everything kind of changed. That was, that's the first thing I can point to. That and getting a manager. Like, those are the two things in my career that I can point to and say this changed things. Mm -hmm. Like, once I got a manager, I started getting writing packets, and I started getting, like, opportunities to audition for things. Mm -hmm. Like, I would get a JFL audition or whatever audition, and, like... So that was new, and that changed. It went, I went from being like an open micer to being someone who got industry opportunities. Right. But I never landed any of them. Right. And then, you know, two and a half years-ish later, like one of them finally stuck, and I got Colbert. That's fantastic. And you got management from them just seeing you at a show? Yeah, I, I got really, um, you know, every, everything you get in this industry is through friends. Like, yeah. it really just is. And, you know, it, 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 not that it's not... It can be a meritocracy. Like, there are people who are so good that they rise to the top. Absolutely. But, like, a lot of... Even that is, like, someone who's very good sees you be good, and they're like, oh, this person is good. Like, it's such yeah. a vouching system. Sure. Yeah. Um, I got my manager because uh, Tim Dillon, mm -hmm. who is very Fantastic. funny. He's very so funny. funny. Yeah. He saw me and liked me and told a booker, Jeremy, in New York that I should do his show, and so I did it. And then he liked me, and he was like, oh, I know a manager who would be a good fit for you. So he invited her to watch my show that I was on, that he booked, and I did well. And we had lunch, and then that was it. So, you know, everything, that's the thing about, like, New York. It's like, you could just be doing nothing, 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 open mic, open mic, open mic for so long. And then, like, you know, one person can right. be like, I vouch for this person, and then, you know, shit happens. You get king made. Yeah, it's... A queen maid or whatever. Yeah, there's, it's very, like, it's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's entertainment, I think, in general. It's just, it, it's all or nothing. And I think you make a great point that where you say it comes in waves. I think that's a, a thing that people who work sort of in other industries don't realize. Yeah. That, you know, because I've, I've been acting my whole life. Yes. And with that, you can be on, you can get cast on a hit thing and have totally. a million things going on for a year and then it stops and then you can go five six seven years where nothing happens again. absolutely and, and it's people, terrifying it's terrifying because like any every job can be 
your last shot, which is very dark and it's, scary and uh, a scary way to look at things. But it is true. I think people think like once you get tomorrow. like once you get that big opportunity, like that's it. It's all the way up. And it's like no, you have to grind you, all yeah. the time. You got to claw. Yeah, you got to claw. Like honestly, I so. Like, 2016 was amazing for me. Mm-hmm. 2017 was cool in the sense that I was getting the good shows. Right. Because I had gotten management, and I was getting opportunities that I hadn't really seen before. Um, but, like, the end of 2017 and beginning of 2018, I was like, oh, I'm stagnant. Yeah. Like, I wasn't doing anything, really. Like, you know, I was, I was like, temping and, like, doing... I was, like, kind of going from, like, sort of dumb job to dumb job that, like... You know, some of them were good. Some of them were, like doing customer service you right. know um and then I was like shit like what am I doing you know because I'm, I'm not I'm not old I'm right. I'm, re- I'm I'm very young by right. comedy standards but you know I'm I, I I just turned 27 this year and like I was like thinking like do I want to have a family do I want to yeah. do these things like is this feasible right like, this is this a career path uh-huh. that like am I dumb is what I'm doing dumb right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have a tech degree. Like, sure. should I go get a job at Google? <laughs> like, wow. should I? Yeah. And, and I'm too dumb to do that. But, you know, you have the thought. Really? What's your tech degree and if you're too dumb? You I'm, don't mind it's, it's information management and technology. So I'm not like oh, a computer okay. science gal. But okay. I, I, I'm a jack of all trades. Okay. Like, I know a little bit about networking, a little bit about databases, a little bit about web development, you oh, know? God. Of all the degrees, that seems like a pretty smart yeah. one to get. That's why I got it. Because yeah. I knew I wanted to get into something entertainment, and I right. wanted something responsible to fall back on. Smart. Management, not, not information, at all. technology, MIT. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. MIT, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was, uh, I drank too much in high school to get into MIT. Uh, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, we both. Right there with you on that. Yeah. Trust us. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, um, but yeah, it, it just comes in waves and like you'll have it a really amazing year and then like a year where just like nothing happens and you're like, what am right. I doing? You know? Yeah, that's right. been the story of my local ascension. <laughs> <laughs> no, every year, you know, it's funny. Like I sit down and I'll have that talk with myself. Like, I mean, it, it kind of doesn't matter because I have a real job anyway. I haven't done like the you know, cut out the safety net, yeah. the dice roll thing, and I don't yeah. think I ever will. And some people say, well, that's your biggest impediment right there. Maybe it is, but I know, too, like, every year I sit there and I'm like, sometimes I get tired of just the drama or the stupid shit, and I'm like, maybe I should quit this. Maybe I've done all there is to do here. And then something good happens locally that yeah. makes me just say, nah, I'm going to stick around. Yeah, fuck, you know? being broke doesn't make you funnier. Right. That's a not. misconception. No, I agree. Definitely not. Um, you know, there's no there's no shame in having a day job. There's no shame in being broke. Like, there's no shame in going from temp job to temp job to, like, walking dogs and whatnot. Like, there's right. no shame yeah. in that either. But, you know, I think in this industry, we're very quick to judge people who have other careers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that just means that they don't have rich parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm very fortunate that I can go from temp job to babysitting to dog walking to like whatever I need to do to make money because I know that I will never be homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. I grew up upper middle class, like my parents, like I know that I could like go live with them, you know? Yeah. Right. If things really hit the fan and I have sure. a degree. Like right. Right. but a lot of people don't. And so I, I hate that um, sentiment in stand up where people are like, oh, you're a hobbyist. Or, yeah. Oh, you don't take it seriously. Right. Because it's like, people have to eat. Sure. Yeah. Fucking eat right, they do. And if you're on stage, you got to look like you eat, too. You know? <laughs> exactly. Be presentable, for fuck's sake. Hit a barber. 
talks about this a lot. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> passionate about presentation. Yeah. I know I'm not really giving you that vibe right now because I'm not <laughs> going up tonight and I went to work today and everything. But Where do you work? What do you do? I'm a social worker. Oh, okay. Good for yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, don't get it twisted. I worked in the trench element of social work for a lot of years and the past couple I've been doing more administrative stuff, less, you know, physical stuff. And yeah. All of that. What, what would that? What does the physical stuff entail? I, I mean, never thought of social work as a physical job. Oh you know, well, hold a lot of people back, I imagine. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh I, I worked in patient psychiatry. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of de-escalation, and yeah. you can't really use physical stuff, but the patient sure shit can and do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you can't. Yeah, my my one of my friends' dads growing up was the. He worked in, like, social service, but his job was to literally collect child support mm-hmm. from, like, oh. dudes who had wow. not paid it. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Terrifying. Like, he had to, like, knock on doors yeah. and guys down Yeah, he had to knock on and, doors like, and be like, you the kid? Yeah. Give me money. Wow. Like, Whale bonds. Yeah. That's wow. That's fucking crazy. I gotta think about that. Like, I've never heard of such a thing. I Now that I think about it, it, it has to Somebody exist. Somebody got to do it. Somebody yeah. Has, yeah. Somebody has to do that. Yeah, of course. Wow. Wow. I wonder how yes. jaded that makes you, too. You meet so many people that are, like, that big an asshole. Yeah, who, like, just are, like, I have a kid, but I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That's why, like, it's gotta these... be, it's, it's gotta be uh, really demoralizing yeah. to, to be faced with people. This is your friend's dad was, was, your, did your friend's, did your friend Did he carry a pistol? Did, no. did your friend date men? Because I'm assuming men were most of the people who were avoiding child Oh, support. yeah. I mean, no, she does date men. She's straight. Okay. Yeah, um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, especially if you have a daughter. Like, if you're a dad and you have a daughter and you spend all day, like, chasing, chasing down dirtbag dudes. Like, yeah. uh, can you imagine, like, a guy that she brings home? But honestly, I feel like that's even, like, that's, as far as social work goes, like, that's not the dirt bag of the dirt bag. Like, no, no, that's, no, 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 no. Uh, no. Katie works with the dirt bags of the dirt Yeah, bags. that's what yeah. I mean. Like, I negligence, yeah. negligence isn't yeah. good, but it's yeah. a lot better than some of the shit I'm sure you that deal with. That abuse. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I mean, the scary thing. Honestly, thing. respect to dads who are like, you know what? I'm going to be bad at this. <laughs> I'm out. And who just pay the yeah. bill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if they're paying the bill and they're like, look, I can't do this, I mean, better that than... Yeah. I'm half kidding, but I really, like, no, really, though, real. like, because there are dudes who stick around and it's like, you should have left. Yeah, 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 it's true. I know it's women like, like that, who the male has the custody, which is rare, you know, mm-hmm. lot, you know, and they just tell me straight up, they're like, yeah, he's better at this than I am, so there we go, I just pay the bill and that's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. like, that's off, lady. Shit, yeah. yeah that's true. Give you any shit for that. Because I don't want any kids. Fuck that. You mentioned having a family. You want a family? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think about it. My I, I So my girlfriend and I were both maybes. Uh-huh. I lean no. Okay. She leans yes. Mm. But I have been, as I've been getting older, and as I've been getting into my late 20s, um, I, my biological clock has been ticking. Yeah. I thought it, it was. I thought yeah. it was a joke. Like I, I, yeah. I never thought it would happen to me. I'm so fucking gay. Like <laughs> I just never thought that it would be something that happened to me. And now I see a baby on a plane, and if they're like laughing and not crying, yeah. I'm like, I want one. 
Well, you might want that one. Exactly. Because I've always, like, idolized myself for my good behavior on planes as a child. Because like, <laughs> I, I hate right. kids fucking acting up on a plane. I think we all do. But, like, I remember not wanting to feel like a hypocrite. So I asked my mother. I was like, hey, was I really bad on planes <laughs> as a kid? She's like, no, you were perfect. I'd give you, like, a matchbox car and you'd roll it across the tray. And I was like, good, fuck these kids. <laughs> my mom and I have to fly love- all the time with three kids. And I she says that. on planes still when she hears a baby crying, she's just like, thank God it's not me. Thank God it's not me. Yeah, yeah, I always feel so bad. So, like, my whenever I hear a baby crying on a plane, like, my first, like, human, like, just primitive instinct is, like, mad. And yeah. then my second one is, oh, that poor mom. Yeah. Like, or dad, you know, but, like, because that just sucks. Because it's yeah. like, you can't control it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who knows, like, and they're, they're so sensitive to, like, the pressure and who knows what else. Like, like if there's a seven-year-old fucking up the plane, like, yeah. then yeah, they can you. control yeah. it. Yeah. But, like, a baby, it's like, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's true. Sure. That's true. Sure. But you'll see, I mean, it it comes when you least expect it. Like, I definitely was like, I don't know if kids are in my future or all that. And then, like, from one day to the next, it was, like, baby fever style. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I just like I just think they're so cute. Yeah, and I never had that. Like I, you know, I I grew up never being a huge baby. Like I was never one of those little girls who was like obsessed with babies. Sure. Like yeah, I, mean, I have yeah. a brother who's eight years younger than me, and like we he always felt like a peer to me. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like we right. used to like goof around and like you know like mess with each other, or, like play slaps or whatever, and like I was never maternal. Right. Like, right. I was always his, like, big sister, and he was, like, my annoying little brother. But, like, I have a cousin who, like, she's, like, five, and she's, like, a baby sister. And, like, it's, like, it's her baby. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I was just, that was just never me. Like, I've right. never been that. I've always been, like, let's go play basketball or, like, let's, you know, like, goof around. Like, Punch I was never. Yeah, I was, yeah. like, I was <laughs> never maternal. Right, uh. right. And so now that I'm feeling all this shit, it's, like, oh. Yeah, it kind of, it I don't in. want it. You don't know how to yeah. deal with it. I know yeah. what you mean. I know like, what you it's mean. like, I don't want this. Yeah. On paper, I don't want it, but yeah. my body is betraying me. Yeah, that yeah. happened to me, and then suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, all in one day, I, like, I got a tattoo, and I got a dog, because I was just, like, I, like, had this, and it never even occurred to me before. I think I was, like, 26. It never, like, none of that had even occurred to me, and then I was, That's like. That's what happened to me. Yeah, and then something clicked, and then I just, I got a tattoo that says there's no place like home, and I got a dog in the same week. Wow. Does it look like Toto? Kind of, like, a little white, oh, yeah. white, white like striped version. Freeze, Inverse right? Toto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. But, yeah, kind of. We're getting on to showtime, but uh, we want to talk very briefly about next week's shows. Uh, we're going to have Solomon Giorgio here from Conan. Uh, I love Solomon so much. There you go. That's a ringing fucking got, endorsement. Yeah, oh, my God. Go see Solomon. And I wish I could. I wish we were going to get to interview him, but actually next week we're both out of town. I'm going to yeah. be in Chicago doing Fourth stuff. Fourth of July so. style. Yeah. We're going to be gone, but... We Are you from Chicago? No, I'm from here. You're from here? No. But any listeners from Chicago that want to see me, I might be doing stuff at the Laugh Factory, whatever. Hit me up on Instagram, um, you know, all of that. Um, but also, uh, that's going to be 7 and 9 p.m. Friday and Saturday night here at the D.C. Draft House. Follow us on CounterCurrents and... Uh, like our stuff and you'll have a chance to win free fucking tickets to Solomon Giorgio. Come on. If you comment, your chance is even bigger. Yes. Especially if it's a nice comment. Yes. You can say something shitty. I don't... 
Please, <laughs> uh, please, please I, direct it at me. Yeah, PD and I will talk about it if you say something shitty. But if you comment something nice, you have an even bigger chance of winning <laughs> free tickets. It's going to be great. But, yeah. uh, Samantha, where can they get at you? Oh, uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle, uh, Samly Matters, S-A-M-L-Y Matters. Uh, it's a rare condition. <laughs> this day and age. Uh, and then, um, what, what am I doing uh, on the road? I'm going to Colorado next month. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm going to be on the road a little bit. So come check out my website, SamanthaReady.com, for dates. Bang, bang. Thank awesome. you very much yeah. for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you so Great. much for being here. And uh, we will see you around.